Hey, man. Um, dude, sure. okay, I got to talk to you. Let's go. This is What's very up? important here, okay? Um, I found this new show on Netflix, bro. It's okay. It's going to blow your mind. All right. Okay? It stars Boyd Holbrook and our boy Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Dude, this show is fire, man. You ever heard of the show Narcos? I have. Dude, you got to check this out. I don't know when. It just, it just must have just dropped out of nowhere, dude, because, like. Yeah, it's brand new. I'm, like. Just, they just. Finished filming like a week ago. Why did I hear I'm just about kidding. this, man? It's been on for a little while now. What? Narcos <laughs> has been around for a minute. How? When okay. I say a minute, I mean like fairly recent, but it's been on there. Let me take a look here. Dude, I've just been watching this. I don't know. I just turned it on. <laughs> and I'm seven episodes into the first season. Wow. Man. Well, I know the whole life of Pablo Escobar. Yeah. We can do this. <laughs> we can be cocaine cowboys. And just tunnel under the under the earth. Hey right, man. just digging out trenches. If Pablo Escobar can do it, we can do it. <laughs> oh, this came I mean, out. You're right. This came out in 25th. Okay, I feel dumb. Anybody can. Yeah, when was it? I don't. I don't. <laughs> 2015. Was it really? Wow. Yeah, this is. That was further back than I thought. This is 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I feel foolish. I mean, so I'm I, watching this old show, right? Yeah. It's called Narcos. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was like maybe a few years now and it's been out. But this is eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, they can run and talk and can ride bikes and stuff, man. This is, it can hop on a tuffy and <laughs> shit's road if it wants to. Let's see. Have your ass on before dark. Yeah. That's, this, that's how old this damn show is. <laughs> Um, dude, so I picked this show up and, yeah. uh, kind of watching it in my downtime and I didn't know it was this good. I hear great things. I haven't watched it though, but I hear good things about it. Uh, yeah. And like my Spanish is coming in, bro. Yeah. Okay. Because, because okay. like it's a lot subtitle. Like they, they're, yeah. they're in Colombia. They speak Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you have your DEA agents, uh, Murphy, who's Holbrook, and then Pena, who is Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they speak English, right? When they're talking Kinda. to the D- when they're talking to like the ambassador to the DEA. That's, stuff that's what like we that. call Spanglish. 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 See, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm learning. Actually, it may not be Spanglish. Is kind of like when you hear somebody talk Spanish, and then there's English words that pop in, or vice versa. Somebody's talking English, and Spanish words pop in. That, ah, that's Spanglish. Write that down. Yeah, Spanglish. I mean, they're probably just talking in one and they're talking in English. Yeah, no, because uh, Holbrook he doesn't speak Spanish. Gotcha. Okay. At least in this, season, I feel you. Seven episodes in, he does not speak Spanish. So you think he'd pick up a couple words by now? But it's whatever. <laughs> but uh, Pedro Pascal, he's all over the place, man. No, dude, this is a dope. <laughs> this is a dope show, <laughs> man. Because like, obviously, like we all know the story of like. Pablo Escobar and his big like cocaine, yeah, drug, yeah. Uh, kingpin and stuff. But of course, we don't know how he came to be, and that's what Narcos does. And it's so I'm a big fan of gangster movies and these gangster shows. Yeah, yeah. And it's just one long movie about his life. Like it, I understand and appreciate. Uh, you know, if you like The Godfather, you'll like this, right? Right, how this come up, this come up story, this come from nothing, and all these things. Even though it was 
very illegal and he shouldn't have been doing you all know, the killing and stuff <laughs> like that. But I mean, nobody should be doing It's the come-up story that, that's interesting. And then the fight between him and the, uh, you know, Colombian yeah. Special Forces, Mexican Special Forces, and then the USDA and the CIA and stuff. So Well, well it's kind of weird to say, but it's history, right? Yeah, recent history. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a... It will be history as well because yes. just his escalation of all that went down with that, but yeah, I mean it was it was not good stuff he was he had going on but for like, anybody around him. This is a like you know I like watching stuff like this and it's very gruesome and really eye opening, but it's got me hooked. Mm. Like I rattled off four episodes in a row. Um, what kind of term are you in for with this one? Is this like a multi-season thing, or is it just like a mini-series kind of This is set up? Th- it's been three seasons. Wow. Uh, ten episodes each, so 30 episodes. Okay. And I am halfway through the first. All right. Yeah. And then there's a spinoff, a Narcos Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that's about. But it looks like it's got Michael Pena, and you know, that's all you need to hear, right? He's my hero, so that's all you need to hear. Speaking Michael of Michael Pena. Pena, I just saw him on. Uh, what did I just see him on. Oh yeah, the last season of Jack Ryan, he was fantastic. Okay, just the man. <laughs> I mean, he's always a good time, no matter what you're doing. Oh, dude, he was like this special forces like military guy in Jack Ryan too, and he was a okay. badass. Right. Like I see why you didn't do Ant Man three. I yeah, get he had, it. He had some things going on. He had some things, some things going, going on, on, bro. He put a gun in his hand and was like, "Yo, I'm a badass too." Okay. Yeah. Put me. To I, work. You don't need me to. I don't need to be shrinking, growing. Exactly, I'm good to man. go. This shit one time. This shit in the second movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Good, bro. I don't <laughs> yeah, need that's to do right. that He did. <laughs> so, he so, shrunk nah, in the van, right? He said, he said "Paul, we're up. I'm not even gonna call you Scott Lang. Paul, we're yeah, not yeah. friends anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am out. Yeah, bro. I'm leaving San Francisco. Deuces." All right, cool. I'm glad you discovered that. Yeah, dude. Um, everybody, go watch Narcos, the new show on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Let's jump to some uh, really important movie news. Let's go. That's fire. Ah, man. Uh, try to change the mood here, guys. But uh, something that's really dear to my heart. Is, you know, the finished product of movies, the fine movies that we watch and the fine television shows that we watch as well is very important, you know, that finished yeah. product. But I, anybody who knows me, I am a very who did it and how they did it. That's why we always bring you who the writer, directors, and the, yeah, yeah. some of the behind the scenes of how things are created here. So currently... uh Hollywood actors, performers, and writers voted to go on strike against major studios. Yeah, the, the writers have been on strike for a little while now, it's right? It's like May. Yeah, yeah, then the actors, the just SAG just, just on Friday, kicked yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. the hell no, we won't go chant yeah. is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and kind of my, kind of the information I've kind of stumbled upon is more of like, obviously it's pay. Yes. Especially from like streaming platform 
items, right? Exactly. Because they don't really they don't really know what you're making when you stream a movie. And somebody's getting paid a lot of money mm-hmm. at some point down the line. Mm-hmm. But you have writers who writers and actors and everybody who's just not seeing those royalties like they should. Exactly. So if you think about a show like uh, Seinfeld or a show like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm-hmm. or even something more recent like New Girl or How I Met Your Mother, right? Um, those shows, if you're a writer on that show, you leave for the day and hang your hat and put on your, I'm not your IMDb, but your LinkedIn page that I am a staff writer for new girl. I'm a staff writer for how I met your mother. Right. Um, when it comes to these streaming shows and then you're on, you're a staff writer for like seven, eight, nine years. Right. Right. Or you move to your next project or you're a staff somewhere else. These episodes are like, one or two seasons, three seasons top. Jack Ryan, yeah, like yeah, four seasons, right? And it's been like eight episodes a season, yeah, right. Some shows, some streaming shows are even less. Like the, the Disney Plus shows, they're like six, yeah, episodes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they might like L- L- Loki was like six or seven. And it's going for a season two. It's the only one that's got greenlit for a season two yeah. so far, right? So. <clears throat> you're dealing with people's money, and they get paid per episode. What? They, yeah. they do there. So you're messing with people's pockets with the streaming. Also, they're not getting their royalties from how many times this gets streamed. Yeah. You know I mean, so if you're if you're like Chris Hemsworth, right, and you are, which, you know, you got is it resemblance. Um, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> and <laughs> Extraction and Extraction too, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm the writer and you're Chris Hemsworth on that, and I, like, we have people who watch that a million gazillion times. Yeah, yeah. We don't see anything off of that. That's their livelihood, man. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And then you hear about the AI? Yeah, I kind of heard about the AI, what? like writing scripts and stuff. AI writing scripts, but that's par for the course. That's going to happen yeah. because Hollywood is cheap ba- bastards, but yeah, yeah. we're not going to go go there. But that, like, if I'm a actor... I'm just an actor. Like I move from set to set and my job depends on just being an extra. Yeah. Right. In the background. Oh yeah. The digital likeness, the AI digital likeness is like scanned and owned by Netflix or HBO or somebody like that. And then you don't get paid. You can be in a million gazillion movies. You can have so many credits to your name. Yeah, you won't get anything off of that. They own they own your likeness. Like what? Yeah, that's that sounds suspiciously like something else that went down in history. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We there. We so won't say what that is, but we won't. But that's what they're they're dealing with right right now. I will say this, man. There's a lot of uh, good writers and good actors, directors that are standing with. Yeah. Um, if if I was out there and if I was part of the these groups, man, I'll be right there with them because you. And we'll talk about AI more when we get into um, our trailers and even our our movie. But yeah. like, it's here. It's scary, and the robots are going to take over if we don't stop <laughs> now. Okay, like if we don't yeah. put the kibosh. Uh. On this now, yes, it's a lot easier to let the like 
AI and automation, go ahead and, and do this. Right. It's cheaper, but like oh, yeah. you're losing that art. Yeah, you're now going from, well, I think that, depending on where they put people in place where this is taken over, yeah, you're not going to have good movies. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna have the creative side of of somebody who can go in and write an awesome script. Yeah. Or, you know, just somebody who's walking around the background and trips and they become famous. You're not gonna have that no more. Nope. It's terrible. It's sad. Yes. Like it's already tough. Like, <clears throat> like me and you talked about uh, sometime like a last week, a week, week or two ago, like. It's already difficult for like musicians to really get into the game, yeah, because it's so saturated and it's so just the business. Like, yeah, at this po- this point in time, anybody who's trying to hit the road and make music, you're pretty much living in your car, yeah, because you're not gonna make any money. Exactly. So, and it's not like studios are gonna be like, oh, they don't sit in these uh, these uh, concerts or these showcases and stuff anymore, and be like, oh. My job is to listen to new bands. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the thing of the early 2000s. This was like the, the last time. Yeah. Um, so basically a- a- automation technology, AI and stuff has, and just the, the times have messed up music industry in my opinion. Um, don't do the same thing to our cinema. Well, don't do the same thing for to our television. It, it's ease of access to everything. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go anywhere to do anything anymore. Yeah. And now they're trying to not have people go and be in movies. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need a bunch of actors. I mean, I, I look back at like a big movie that had a bunch of background actors was like The Patriot, 2000, mm. 2001 or something, right? Yep. A bunch of background actors. They were there. They worked eight hours. They got paid. They, were, yeah. they got their SAG insurance, right? Like, that same movie, but like the only person actually like there is uh, Mel Gibson and the guy he's fighting. And they wouldn't even have to be there. You're right. I mean, it's the thing. It go at some point. It goes to, and I think we've seen some of these trailers. You seen some of the AI generated trailers? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be involved with it at all. It's crazy. You're taking that 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 human creativity yeah. out of it and letting AI and like computer generated and like people behind like I call myself a nerd a lot, but like legit nerds just kinda like do everything. Like you hear about the stories with especially with phase three of and th- phase three and phase four of Marvel where uh there's before the movie's even like made, mm-hmm. they have already created like all the big action set sequences that yeah. are gonna be like big C- CGI and stuff like that. Um, and then the director and the actors come in and kind of just film everything in between, and then put mm-hmm. Simi Liu as as Shang Chi like on the the back of the dragon or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, so yeah. That, but that's already done before uh, Simi Liu's even announced as Shang Chi. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So, that's already kind of taking it too far. And my, I mean, I get deadlines and stuff like that. So I understand that, but X is going to be, Hey, Simi, uh, I know you were in Shang-Chi, but 
uh, you won't be in the second or third one because we have your likeness. Right. We don't need need you anymore. So wild. Oh yeah. I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna. Uh, I I stand. I'm sitting down right now, guys. <laughs> but I stand <laughs> uh, yeah, with yeah. them. Things n- need to change, man. Money needs to come out of these executives' pockets, these studios' pockets, and pay these people, man. You're not going to. You're not gonna have a good product. And with crap like the Academy Awards, the Emmys, yeah, SAG Awards, stuff like that, you gotta have. These people, man, you're gonna give it to your freaking robot, right? You're give it to R two D two or something, man. Get out of here with this trash. <laughs> All right, team. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. Like always, I am Clyde Smith, and I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we are discussing the trailers for The Holdovers. Wonka, episode four of Secret Invasion, and our movie of the week, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, part one. Let's get it, guys. All right, team, so we got some trailers here for you. Uh, You can look at our full reactions on our YouTube page, Uh, hit up that uh, link, tree, link tree, description, description, show notes, all those that things to hit everything. Perfect money, bullet points, all of them hit. All right, team. Uh, we have not the leftovers, correct? The holdovers. Yes, yes. Uh, according to IMDb, nobody likes teacher Paul Hunham. Not his students. Not his fellow faculty, not the headmaster, who all mm. find his pomposity and rigidity expasterate. I can't talk today, dude. Annoying. With no family and nowhere to go over Christmas holiday in 1970, Paul remains at the school to supervise students unable to journey home. After a few days, only one student holdover remains, a troublemaking 15-year-old named Angus, a good student whose bad behaviors always threaten to get him expelled. Joining Paul mm. and Angus is head cook Mary an African-American woman who caters to sons of privilege whose own son was lost in Vietnam. These three are different shipwrecked people from unlikely Christmas family sharing comic misadventures during two very snowy weeks in New England. The real journey is how they help one another to understand that they are not beholden to their past, that they choose their own futures. Yeah, that's the plot. It was like a minute. That was the plot, according to IMDb. That wasn't the, the whole synopsis. That's the whole movie. I'm looking for the synopsis, yeah. and they gave me a plot. <laughs> Good gosh. Yes. Wow. All right. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Talk to me, brother. Your thoughts? Uh, started out kind of funny. Got kind of dark. Yeah. Kind of got a little funny again. And... Ended a little dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of... Took us on a little roller coaster there. Uh, yeah, I mean, seems like it's going to be kind of this, you know, obviously it's kind of almost like a buddy comedy almost. Yeah. Well, buddy drama, dramedy yeah. kind of situation. Uh, Paul, G- Paul Giamatti, hilarious guy. Also great at not being hilarious. Yes. Same time. Uh, yeah, I think I... You know, this is one I'll probably just kind of catch whenever it comes around. Looks like it's going to be interesting. 
but we shall see. You got to watch out for these focus features, man, because these focus feature pictures, they're not the big budget, you know, summer yeah. blockbuster types, been, right. but they're the more interpersonal, introspective type films with a lot of character development. Right. Paul Giamatti, he's always going to deliver. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? We're going to get so many different sides to this man. We're going to get the asshole. Then we're going to get to see how he actually warms up to this kid and marry the cook as well. So, uh, guys, we're this one on our socials. It looks like it looks fun. It's something that I will catch on the couch. Um, I don't see myself going to the theater for this, but uh, Alexander Payne, you know, he always brings it. So, we'll go from there, team. Cool. Let us know your thoughts. All right, team, so we have here Wonka. According to IMDb, the story will focus specifically on a young Willy Wonka and how he met the Oompa Loompas on one of his earliest adventures. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, it's got your boy, man. Yeah. Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me give me your thoughts about this, sir. Um, you know, Willy Wonka's always been fairly creepy. Um, and this is kind of the same. Yeah. Um, but we get to see the, the before everything, right? We're going to see before the factory, before all the different, different things he had going on in there. Um, but I don't know, man, this one's like just watching it was amusing but it was hard to really like say, oh, that's gonna be a pretty good movie. It's for the kids. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm right there with you, man. Like it looks. There was parts of it that was cute. Yeah, but this is geared towards kids and not us who grew up with the movie. You know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, Walk on the Chocolate Factory or whatever. Um, not even the Tim Burton one. The one b- before that. Um. This is also another couch one for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll check it out once it's uh, streaming somewhere. Like, I'm excited to see, like, Timothy Chalamet and Dune Part 2. Yeah. Um, less because of him, more because... This is what's going to happen, okay? So, like, I don't <laughs> like this kid right now, but the the Brad Pitt and um, uh, 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 Jake Gyllenhaal thing is going to happen. Like, in yeah, 10 yeah. 15 years, I'm be like, yo, this kid is on top of his game, yo. Well, and that's I give these actors shit because <laughs> they're too damn good looking. Yeah, that was going to be my comment. I was like, you know, <laughs> you know, he's gonna he's gonna grow up, get some more get some more years on him. It's only gonna get better for him, man. <laughs> it really is. It's only man. gonna get better. You know, one of the only guys like I loved early on mm-hmm. is like Andrew Garfield. Right. I've always like been like, yo, this guy because he can he always could act. And he's good looking. And he could act in anything. In anything. Yeah. Very, like, we talked about um, John Barenthal, very transformative, right? Uh, Timothy Chalamet, he's getting stuff under his belt. He's getting big projects, so I'm yeah. happy for him. That's good. Um, this seems like one of those, <clears throat> hey, we're trying to start a franchise. That's where we're at. Yeah, right, I don't want a right. one-off movie, right? I need a franchise. Like, we all know there's not going to be an Oppenheimer 2, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> uh, if there is, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should be concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, 
they're going to try to do a franchise leading up to what we saw in that movie with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not excited for this, but it'll be something that I might watch on the couch when it comes to. to yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. So, guys, with us on our socials, uh, let us know your thoughts. We also get to see a tiny Hugh Grant, though. <laughs> that should be amusing. <laughs> He'll probably be the star of the whole thing. Yeah, he's going to do his thing. Yeah, yeah. With his, like, dry humor, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, episode four, mm. Secret Invasion, Beloved. Uh, my first question to you is, you think he should have shot her? I think he should have. Yeah. I mean, she was betraying the cause, right? And those situations, I mean, that's kind of his whole thing is like, you're with me or you're against me. People are playing both sides, man. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Dude. Did we even see Jaya go through the machine or was that kind of like off? In in last week's episode, it was off. It was kind of not shown. I think she got there. She saw the machine. Pushed some buttons. But we didn't that, see. Okay. No, no. They they flash back to it in this episode. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And yeah, this episode <laughs> was was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. We're pick, uh, picking up. This is this is really picking up now. It, it is yeah. right. We have is Rody Rody. What what do you think? What do you think? Has he always been a scroll or is he off camera? The real roadie off the human being roadies off camera yeah. somewhere else. Well, I don't know. To me, it's like, it's a different personality. Yeah. He's not the same. He's not the same roadie. He's you know, the, the roadie we've been seeing is a little bit more caring about everybody else. You know, I understand he's in a specific role in this in this episode. Yeah. But it seems like he's doing you know, Don Cheadle's doing a little bit of little differentiation in the personality. Exactly. That's what I feel like. And now the question is how long has he been like this? Exactly. Like was he like this and um uh Falcon and Winter Soldier, or was that really him? Like I think it's uh, a scroll impersonating him. Right. But where the hell is he at is my question. Right, right, right. Um, And you know what? I, because I, I don't want, I still want Armored Wars. Yeah. I want that Don Cheadle, you know, Rhodes-led movie. And I don't want it to be a damn scroll roadie doing it. I want it to yeah. be, you know, really him. So. I think that'll get, that'll get flushed out sometime in the next few episodes. Yeah. What if he's like in Barbados? Just chilling yeah. Like, yeah. He just doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> we like cut to a scene. Yeah. just sipping on a Mai Tai. He's like, there's what? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> the world's burning. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We Put did the get suit a, on. Yeah. We did get a lot of good action in this one. Um, do you see the Gravic kind of Groot arms? Yeah, kind of. That was wild. I thought it was like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where is that coming? Because yeah. that's like extremist part, like, like mixed with like. How would you yeah. even have that? Well, that's that's one of the details that keeps popping up. Is that like somebody you know, us nerds? We found the screenshot of the episode, 
and they show like Groot, Extremis, a uh, couple other things, uh, Frost Giant, Beast, some other crazy stuff on there. Like they're all mixing all that stuff together. And you, this like you have to watch it multiple times to just like pick up on all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like more of a casual. Well, that's just watcher. that's just stuff I see in like feeds and things like you. that. Like you know, nerd pages I follow and stuff like that. Yeah, this episode was. <laughs> I was supposed to be the, the, the nerd out of us. Uh, yo, man, this this episode was was dope, man. Do you yeah. think we we were inquiring if uh, Jaya actually died? Is is Talos dead? What do you think? Mm. You want to make that call? Uh, I'm trying to think of all we're all in the timeline here. Yeah, I mean, we don't have any reason for him to to be alive, like, to loop around to other movies. Yeah. Other timelines right here. So, I don't know. He looked like he was pretty messed up, but. Because we thought last week that that was going to piss, like, his daughter dying was going to piss him off. Yeah. To avenge and kind of take out the whole insurgency. Right. But now, after after this, it's like, oh, it's. Jaya, who's going to be the one who's going to flip shit on him. Yeah. With, like, Nick Fury and his team or whatever, so. Yeah, I mean, we don't, I mean, there's no, like, there was no clues that he ever made it to this machine. Yeah. So, I wouldn't think he would be coming back. True. Like, with her, it was, you still didn't think she was, but there was a little clue there. That kind of led us there, guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a 36-minute episode, man. So we got a lot that happened in this time frame. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Obviously, oh, yeah. Sam L keeps on doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that Kingsley been a deer, man. We're going to review a trailer next next week. Uh, for him, dude's a fantastic actor, though. Man. Yeah. I, I love seeing Even though he was, like, not really in this episode until the action sequences uh, still brought it there, man. Still yeah, yeah. Top of of his game. I like that guy. And you know he's gonna be in the Barbie movie too. Did we talk about that? No. He is gonna be in the Barbie. Makes movie, sense. Man. Yeah, you know, good looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Oh yeah. Hey guys, we'll throw uh episode four, beloved, for Secret Invasion on, on our socials. Are you still rocking with the show? Uh, what's your favorite part so far? Mm. Let, let us know in the comments. All right, brother, you ready to jump into this week's movie? Yeah, man. All right, here. Guys, so we have, uh, yeah, uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, part one. Guys, this movie's two hours and 43 <laughs> minutes, all right? Uh, this movie obviously dropped last, uh, th- th- this past week. Uh, it is directed by Christopher McQuarrie and written by Christopher McQuarrie and Eric uh, Gendrison. Have a $291 million budget. So far, box office has brought in $235 million. Let's go. And he is... Yeah, he's going to clear that this week. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting this, we have Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt. Haley Atwell as Grace. Ving Roms as Luther Stickle. Simon Pegg as Benji Dunn. Rebecca Ferguson as Lisa Faust. Vanessa Kirby as Alana. Um, 
Issei Morales as Gabriel, Palm Clementif as Paris, Mariela Garriga as Marie, Henry uh, Zerny as Eugene Kittredge, Shea Wingham as Jasper Briggs, Carrie Ellis as Dillinger, Greg Davis as Degas, and Frederick Schmidt as Zola. Yeah, man. All right. Go ahead and give us that uh, quick synopsis. We can jump into this three-hour movie, man. (laughs) We're going to tell you every line by line. (laughs) We have the time. I'll make my synopsis quick, then. (laughs) Uh, Ethan Nutt saves the world during an impossible mission to destroy an AI trying to take over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be our focus here. Yeah. Yeah. As like, after we get through some of these people, I want to talk about AI. AI. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Again. I'm tired of this. Getting ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. My man. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Episode seven of his IMF chapters. Uh, Or eight. Is this seven or eight? I don't even know. This is the. The seventh installment, yes. Okay. Uh, give me seven and a half. Seven and, seven and, a, half. and a half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> give me your thoughts about how many movies? How many of these movies have you seen? I think I've seen all of them. I can't differentiate any oh, of them. No, gosh, yeah, I have no. no clue who did what, when, and where. But yeah, I've seen all of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they all have their ups and downs. Yeah. Um. But it's real. I was. It's a real Tom Cruise movie, right? You, <laughs> you got Tom Cruise. He's a star, and he stays the star the whole, the whole movie. There ain't nobody doing better than Tom Cruise in these movies. Nope. Um, I mean, he has his crew with him, you know, his co-stars and all that. But you can't do it. You can't can't outdo Tom Cruise. Can't do it. Yep. Um, so, you. What are your thoughts about this? Ethan Hunt, where where he is right now, and I don't know. Let's say it's twenty twenty three for this movie. Uh, well, he's obviously been through a lot. Um, he's lost a lot of people along the way. He continues to have that happen. <laughs> um, but as far as like a mindset, you know, he's. Doing what he does, right? He's he's supposed to be the you know top of the line guy, but they all know he's going to do what he wants to do at the end of the day, and that's exactly what he's doing here. Yo, I love how like <laughs> like and this has a he has a track record of going rogue. Yeah, not more than four minutes into the movie, this guy's like, we got to go rogue. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Who is it? Um, (laughs) Luther. He's like, this sounds like a act of treason. (laughs) This whole conversation is an act of treason. Let's go. (laughs) Benji's like, it's a Tuesday for us, right? Like, it's what we do every two or three years, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Just can't be chill. Yeah. Uh, But it's Tom Cruise at, at, at his best, man, at the height of his powers, right? We always think this man is like coming down off of his like movie star powers. Yeah. And he, and he's not. <laughs> we get we get Top Gun Maverick, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic flick. And then the next year we get this. Yeah. And within this man, you get all the Tom Cruise stuff. 
You get the awesome set pieces. Yeah. You get the beautiful women. You get him looking like a badass in a jacket or two. Yeah. And that's kind of where he's at, right? He's just he's just doing these big movies. Yeah. He's not putting out four or five movies a year. Nope. He's Those putting out <laughs> one, one, maybe two is all we're getting from him. And if you think about it, like, that's what he works on for those two or three years. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. I mean? He's he's in it to get that movie, get that movie right. And, he, he, and like, he's doing it well. So you have, like, the big set pieces, the beautiful women, like yeah. him in a dope-ass jacket always. Um, a, a, a nightclub scene. I, I, I love that. You <laughs> yeah. Know, you got to get one of those. Or, like, you know, the nightclub bar, bar scene. Him running. He ran so far. Dude, I watched. Never ran out of breath. I watched a YouTube. <laughs> Unlimited cardio. I watched the, a, a YouTube video of, like, the best in movie runners. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it was, like, between Tom Cruise and Daniel Craig. So, Tom Cruise. Oh, as, really? Yeah. So, it was between okay. Tom, Tom Cruise and in, in these movies. Well, any movie that Tom Cruise yeah. is he's going to run. It's, mm-hmm. in his, it's in his contract. Yeah, yeah. High knees, baby. How, um, <laughs> he doesn't ever go to a gym. He's just on the set. That's where I get get it in, get my steps in. <laughs> then um, uh, Daniel Craig for the Bond films, right? And mm. him running in that, right? And, you know, if you ever watch those YouTube videos where, like, it pits two people, two movies against, and they, like, come up with their own algorithm as to yeah, who's yeah. better. Tom Cruise clearly won. Yeah. It was like a, it was, it was close in that regard, but the man runs in every movie and he looks badass. Yeah. One thing I liked in this one too, you know, not him just running, just his driving. Yeah. The stunt driving he did in this one. Very cool. Um, watched a little behind the scenes of that. That was him sliding around that car. He knows what he's doing, man. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, did you see the, uh, you remember the, did you, you watch, did you watch all the smart lists on the road episode? Uh, yeah. Uh, Maybe so the I Matt Damon remember. one. Right? I did not see the Matt okay. Damon one. Then. So I think I watched one or two episodes. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Matt Damon is up there and they're talking to Matt Damon and he's on stage about doing stunts and everything. Yeah. He's like, I actually had the opportunity. Like I, you know, stunts. You know, I'm getting a little older. With yeah, yeah. Family stuff. Uh, but I had dinner with Tom Cruise. Right. He's like had dinner with Tom Cruise and I was like, Hey Tom, was you really um trapped to the side of that jet? And it took off. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Ty said, Tom Cruise just got jazzed about yeah. it. Really jumped, jumped into it, right? <laughs> Loves his craft, man. <laughs> Loves his craft. And Tom was like, he, and then uh, Matt was like, so how does that play with the studio execs and everything and all the safety? And Tom was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So like me and Christopher, right, we wrote this scene about me yeah. do, doing this, me on the side of it, and it taking off, right? And then like the safety guy came over, and the safety guy was like, yeah, Tom, this is not safe. You can't do this. No. So Tom was like, all right, I got to get a new safety. Guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise can do some shit. Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> He's going to do figure it out. Yeah. his own stuff, man. Did he jump <laughs> off that? I mean, it's, it's been seen all over the internet, so I'm not spoiling it, but did he make that humongous bike jump? Off it, yes. You do all those stunts on in the car, you know, with Haley Atwell attached to him. Like that's just super dope that he brings, man. Mm, yeah, sixty one. Man's at the height of his powers. Mm, yeah, but the character of Ethan Hunt is a guy who is, um, you know, has that intrinsic value of like you gotta do good. You're here on this earth to stop evil. Yeah, stop bad guys, no matter foreign or d- domestic. 
and do the right thing for the world to keep the world safe. That's why you are alive. That's why you do the thing you do. Yeah. And that heartbeat through Ethan Hunt has always stayed the same, man. Yeah. You kind of always asked about like his motives because his motives are a little roguish, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, he still has that North Star where he needs to uh, be the leader, be the man, and save the, the day no matter what. Yep. So I really enjoyed that, man. All right, we got Haley Atwell, and she comes to this movie um, as Grace, a burglar and Ethan's new ally. Uh, I really liked Atwell in this movie, man. Oh, yeah. She brought a different... We've always had a lot of femme fatales and, uh, you know, beautiful women in these type of movies, uh, but she brought something a little different Mm -hmm. to this to this fran- franchise, right? We're, we got we get pretty much badass women as far as like Rebecca Ferguson's Ilsa Faust and other women as well b- before, but Grace is just a cat burglar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, right? Yeah, she kind of brings that. Not quite the, you know, um, damsel in distressed, but not quite the. Super powerful, badass assassin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. doesn't do that. She gives us that right in the middle, and she's a, a woman who reminds me of how um, Catwoman was in The Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. where she's just trying to get out. Gotcha. Pay, yeah, she just needs pay money, me so I need to get out so I can get away. Right, right. But then stays to help, kind of finds her north star, finds the hero inside of her to go ahead and do the damn thing yeah, as well. Yeah. So I really in, enjoyed that from her. We got Ving Rhames back, Luther Stickle. <laughs> the IMF computer oh, technician, Hunt's best friend and member of the team here. Just love seeing Vin, Vin Rhames. Yeah, you know? so good all the time. <laughs> but in this one, man, he almost, and I'll talk about this, like this movie reminded, I told you in there, this movie, Running of so many different other movies, yeah. And I'll circle back. So, like I said, the Haley Atwell reminded me of Catwoman, yeah. Ving, Ving Rames, he's like, you know, trying to help but needs to get the tech right. He reminds me of uh t- Tony Stark in Age of Ultron, where he's like, I gotta go off the grid, guys, so I can figure out what the hell is going on gotcha. with this ghost in the, in the machine, right? Like, that's where that was written from. We got Simon Pegg as Benji Dunn, IMF field technician, agent, and member of Hunt's team. I mean, it's Simon Pegg, dude. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Like, out, outside of obviously t- Tom Cruise, my favorite character of this franchise, man. He's been with us since the third one with J.J. Abrams, right? And uh, he's he's always bringing it, and I like that he's more in the field now. Yeah, more and more in these movies, he's actually like right there doing the, the damn thing and trying to save the day. So I really do appreciate that from him. I watched uh, Star Trek. Um, nice. The second one, Beyond? Star Trek Beyond? It, Star Trek Into the Darkness. That's the second one? Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, and then Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Into Darkness. Okay, yeah. that's the one I watched. Uh, I love him so much in that movie, dude. So good, man. He's, just so, he's so good. The fact that he, like, quits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gets gets drunk and was like, yeah. oh, wait, you need my help. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and he yells at the little guy. And he's with him all the time. <laughs> so was good. he just on Spartless or something? Or yeah, was he it, was. Uh, uh, was it Spartless or was it uh, Dax Everett's pie? Smartless. It was Smartless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah, was yeah, yeah. Good deal. Good deal there. 
All right, team. We also have Rebecca Ferguson as Ilsa Faust, a disavowed MI6 agent who allied with Hunt's team during Rogue Nation and Fallout. Um, I I love Rebecca Ferguson and her character, Ilsa Faust. What annoys me is like, all right, <clears throat> I get why you're in Rogue Nation. I kind of get why you're in Fallout. What I do not understand <clears throat> is like, why do you keep getting in trouble? Why do you keep getting <laughs> in the mix of things? She's uh, very powerful. And she never explains, like, who her employer is or why she's doing anything. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, this blind trust with her and Ethan that just, like, is there some type of love connection that can never happen? Yes. But at the same exact time, you got some explaining to do, lady. <laughs> And you yeah, don't. You so do. you've stayed mysterious since we first saw you. Still mysterious. Still mysterious. Still mysterious. <laughs> but she brings it in this, man. I, I like that she still is a badass. And just that opening scene, we see her out there in the in the desert, man. She's yeah. set up for war. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Vanessa Kirby, uh, Alana, blah, blah, blah. blah. Give, give me your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um Yeah, I mean she's just doing her thing. I don't have much to say about her. I mean, she was there, she had uh her part to play and yeah, she was she was fun in the movie. But so I, I didn't really I, find nothing crazy special about that. So interaction. I kinda so I kinda feel like and I, I ag- agree with you there. It's like I see how they used her. Yeah. Right. And then like didn't use her, but at the same exact time, these are starting to feel like the like what I liked about the first four movies of these were like, all right, it's Tom Cruise, Ving Rames, and then like a whole host of other people that yeah. we're gonna encounter as far as allies, people you need to lie to, people to trust there. It almost seems like we're just got the gang back together. Yeah. Every one of these <laughs> movies, the last three or four of these, right? I was thinking about that too. It's like, uh, they're all the crew now. We're all starting family. You know yeah. what I mean? Right? That Vin Diesel is going to pop out in a second, right? His charger. Turn, turning bad people good. That's what he's there to do. <laughs> That's what he's there to do, man. I'm here to help you guys. <laughs> what if, like, what if Vin Diesel's the entity the entire time? Well, he was there in Rome, like, a few months ago, <laughs> wasn't it? I think they rebuilt that shit quick, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> same stairs, I think, too. Same exact stairs, was It, it was the same place, wasn't it? Ah, yeah, because wow. it, like, it went down, and then you hit the stairs, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> just wild. But, no, uh, you know, it's the it's Vanessa Kirby, so she brings it, and you don't ever yeah. know where she is and who she's fighting for, who she's, what side of the table that she's on. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day, she's just trying to protect herself and her brothers. So. Oh, yeah. All right. We have uh, Issei Morales as Gabriel, a powerful terrorist and Ethan's adversary aiming to use the entity and all-powerful AI system to rule the world. He was an old friend and ally of Ethan prior to Ethan becoming an IMF agent. So we've always had, like, really good, like, main villains. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, from the third one, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like my favorite of the franchise. 
Um, just a badass. Right. Um, <clears throat> just a side note, you know Tom Cruise is older than John Voight was in the first one? Now, so he's doing this 23 years later. He's older than what John Voight was in the first one. Tom Cruise has not stopped, but that's, nah, the, nah. that's beside the point, though. All that running, man. <laughs> he's just running the, the age right out. Like, I think that's the key to, to youth is just just high knees and just, just run all the time. I'm going to go hit some high knees as yeah. soon as I get out of you here. Gotta do the high, you can't just run. You got to get the high knees. Got to get them, like, up on the chin. Yeah, right? and then get them elbows swinging, too. <laughs> Yeah. He has the perfect run. Dude. He really does. He's hauling. Um, so we got uh you say <laughs> Mer- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy wasn't my my favorite villain because he's almost like cheating. Yeah, yeah. Like like you remember uh, if if you don't remember the third one, the first one with Simon Pegg, but it had Philip Seymour Hoffman where he comes off the plane and like his guys are there, they think that they got him, right? The, mm-hmm. Then he comes off the plane. All of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's guys are theirs, and like there's this big old fight that ensues, the shootout, and he gets away. Like that's like Joker Loki type planning for the future, yeah, right? Which is really dope. Gabriel, Gabriel has his AI who's basically helping him the entire time. The self aware yeah. AI that's up, so it's kind of cheating. So it's not like He's this all like smart tactician type guy, right? Right. He has an AI helping him. Just a pawn. He's just a pawn. He is just a pawn. Where yeah. like he's actually not the big bad villain. He's right. just like the physical form of the villain for this movie here. Um, but I do like that he's a he's a knife guy. <laughs> There's a lot of knife play in this movie, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, he ain't he ain't about shooting nobody. What man had a, like knives galore. <laughs> I thought we was watching V for Vendetta yeah, yeah. for a second. <laughs> there was so many knives, man. Yeah. Uh, and, it, he, and he used them, man. He was a beast with them. Yeah, and I like how he doesn't quite, like, he does all this stuff. His plan goes great until the very last moment. Yeah. Plan actually goes <laughs> off without a Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, the whole plan went fine. Just... <laughs> One thing didn't work out for him, and I really enjoyed that plot twist there. Like everybody's like, "Oh man, he did it!" Of course he didn't. It's Ethan Hunter. He didn't do it. <laughs> it's almost like Ethan knew that those guys were gonna get get up there, and the only thing that he could do is take that off of him. Yeah, it's like you always have to think one or two steps ahead. Three-dimensional chess, always. Yeah. Oh, and, like, I think that's what Luther says in, in the movie, too, so. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll move forward here. We got Henry Schmeggy. Schmeggy. I can't pronounce any of these guys' names. But, anyway, Eugene Kittredge, director of the MIF and CIA last seen in Mission Impossible. So, we haven't seen this guy since 1996, man. Um, He brings it here. I kind of forgot. I thought he was just, like, a new person and then i was like mm. oh wait he was in the first mission of Boston. i do yeah, remember I him him now don't remember that uh yeah he was in like the the base of operations where he had to come down and do the thing he was kind of like gotcha. floating around there and everything gotcha um i try to watch like the first one. i tried to uh, the third one's always my my favorite i think because jj okay. abrams 
and Philip Seymour Hoffman, but like uh, that first one, man, just kind of holds a place in, in my heart. Oh yeah. Uh, but he do, does his thing, man, and like he's the director of IMF, but he's also playing both sides as well. So yep. he's playing everybody just so he can get his hands on this. Ethan does thinks nobody should have it, right? So he's imploring Ethan to go get it and do his thing, but at the same exact time, he's playing his, his card yeah, as well. Yeah, he's so. trying to control the whole board. Wild. Right. Wild. So, like, I, I love the kind of cloak and daggerness of this, where yeah. are we do are we the director of national, you know, blah, the director <laughs> of national security, <laughs> or do we need to do... Uh, you know, the IMF director or the CIA yeah. director, all these guys, like, who do we trust? That's the right. thing, man. Right. Um, and I love that we really can't trust anybody. All right, we got Shay Wingham as Jasper Briggs, an enforcer for the community, uh, tasked with hunting Ethan. I love Shay Wingham <laughs> and anything that this man does. Fair. And he brings it. And the most fun thing about him in this is, like, there was no fun for him. <laughs> He had an agenda. Like, yeah. like there was funny parts that he did that yeah, made yeah. this movie fun. But like with with him, it was like, yo, I am hunting this guy, and I can't catch him, and I can't catch him. So like, nope. he's a badass, but he's not like, you know how there's like those guys in movies that like we laugh at because they can never catch them, right? Like um, the coyote, yeah, exactly. Coyote and Roadrunner situation, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> We're like. I'm not not rooting for him. Yeah. But like get like he's like Shade is not pulling no shit. Like he's always there where yeah. he needs to be. He's always in the mix. He's always in the action. Um I don't know. He just does a really good job as the <laughs> guy who's going after him, man. Yeah. I, I really just enjoyed his uh his presence in this movie. Uh, we got Carrie Ells as, uh, Dillinger, the director of national intelligence and which was a really nice surprise. I love Carrie Ells and, uh, but like him playing both sides, man, a lot of cloak and dagger stuff going on here. So watch out for him as well. Uh, Greg Davis as Degas, uh, Briggs's partner. He kind of feels like, I think Ethan's onto something. Yeah. We should probably... you should probably trust this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's got the same compass as Ethan. As like, not everybody should have this. Yeah, yeah. Might, might be a yeah. You might be right. Maybe maybe he's doing it for a specific reason. Could be. Could be, man. He might be. Because uh, you know, Greg T- Tarzan Davis was a part of uh, Top Gun Maverick. So we might hmm. see him as a IMF agent, maybe Uh-oh. in the future. Uh-oh. Who knows? Here Fingers go. crossed. Here Who knows? Go. Good looking guy. Take the place of Tom. Got them high knees. Tom gonna be doing this shit when he's seventy five. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome, dude. So, uh, tell me about your favorite set piece in oh. this movie. I really enjoyed the train. Yeah. The train, the different cars, like, making it from the one end to the other, kind of going through all these different things. And then we have the big ending with the train where yeah. it's a whole mess. Uh, I thought that was very 
very interesting. Like, you know, you, it's the the age old thing. You put all these people in danger, and you got to figure it out. But we also get to see these beautiful mountains, all this, you know, the the Alps, all this beautiful yeah. stuff. Uh, really cool train. Um, and we get to see it blow up too. That's cool. Yeah, we'll get to see it blow up. Yeah, yeah. So I like I like to train a lot. Good deal, man. How about you? You know I'm a sucker for like a uh, like a nightclub scene. Yeah. Like ever since seeing that in the Dark Knight, I just thought it was like badass. It's kind of shooting. It's the way it. to go. It's just, it's just tight, and it's kind of like just so many people going around. I mean, it also happened in Bat, the original Bad Boys movie. Yeah. Um, it's just really cool for me. Uh, that's a side note, but my favorite is probably going to be like them running through Venice mm. at night. So yeah. you can kind of catch up to Grace and just all those shots, man, and just yeah. going around and then coming to find out, like, the AI is talking to you and it's not Benji. It's just like, whoa. What's yeah, that was here, crazy. Man? It is beautiful, man. Like, I've obviously never been to Venice yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're vacationing there next summer. Let's go. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm going to wear a visor, bro. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, man, that that just looked beautiful, man. I, that's the scene where you saw Tom yeah. Cruise just like with the high knees and everything. Uh, the one thing Christopher McQuarrie does very, very well, man, is the visuals, right? Yeah. I, I, that Simon Pegg podcast that he, he was in, he was like, they don't really have a script. Yeah. They have some big set ideas about what they want to do, and then they kind of build a, a story around it. Yeah. Right? So obviously the big one where he takes off and then he's, you know, the, the drop, the train was probably one of those as well. But, yeah. like, a filler in would be that, man. It just looked really beautiful and just to walk around there at, at night. Hopefully, um, Palm Clementoff is not there as Paris. We didn't talk about her, but she's a badass assassin in this movie. Yep. Um, hopefully, she's not walking around with her weapons. But other than that, man, that scene was really, really dope. Yeah. I mean, that being said, too, like, those are our favorites. Yeah. But really, this whole movie was awesome. I mean, the the freaking that, um airport. Yeah, so we I spent like, so much time in the airport. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then like on every layer of the airport as well. Well, what's cool is it's always big. Yeah, it's always a really big scene. Like you're not stuck in a little, in a little room or like a little corner of the terminal. You're looking at the whole thing. Yeah, and every scene you're always looking at the whole thing, which means they're in imploring. So many extras for all these yes. films, man. Yep. All those people that were on the train, all those people that was in um, the airport and everything. Yeah. Man, that's just like big set pieces. Yep. Yeah, you're not using my AI for that. I just <laughs> want to see a clock. I don't want to be watching Mission Impossible 97 and then yeah. just see myself like. Clouds in the background. Two tickets. Yeah, two t- <laughs> hey, I don't want to see that. Two tickets to Venice, please. <laughs> <laughs> could, could we going. Yeah. Going to Venice, man. All right, man. So I I will say this: uh, Lauren Balfi did did the music. Hair raising, bro. There's been times in this whole franchise where like the music is good, right? This movie, the music is really, really good, man. And the best parts is when like Christian McQuarrie decides, you know what? The music is so good in all these action and set pieces. Matter of fact, let's take the music out. Right. And it's like you actually feel, because I think they did that through the car, one of the car chases, I think. Yeah. Well, like there's a spot where, where she crashes. Yeah. And it's like you're, 
she can't hear nothing. Yeah. So we're silent. And then you see the bike come by, and then you see him, and it's silent. Like, it's maybe just a little ringing um, until she gets her herself back together. So that's one part. And then, like, they don't turn the music back on. They just kind of keep it, and you just yeah. hear like, the engines rev, and it will, yeah. that little yellow push car. Thing <laughs> <they were> <laughs> yeah, I think it was awesome. Oh, man, man. But before we uh, jump into the themes and everything, as far as, like, action and you know the actions there the dramas there the, the stakes are 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 high with this stupid ai that we need to just not <laughs> let, let happen um what do you think about the comedy in this movie man the humor very subtle for the most part yeah but when it was time it, it came out front very well uh simon Pegg's just funny no matter what he's doing, yeah. hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean the com- the comedy was well placed and wasn't a whole lot. I think it was more of like a like a dry humor or landing lines and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was well placed. Like, a, like, was a, like a exactly like a natural there you go. humor to everything, right? It wasn't nothing was done and Christopher yeah. McCray wasn't like this is going to get a laugh. Right. It's it, like this is the situation. This is what naturally would happen in this type of situation right. with this character. We're going to ro- roll with it, man. I never thought they were like trying to be funny. Right. You know what I mean? There were situations that Ethan was in that I was just like, yeah, that that sucks. And <laughs> if I if I've been in this game for 23 years, yeah. that's how I'd react too, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right, bro. Let's talk about the theme here. All right. All right. So, like all of these movies, man, it's about saving the world and preventing, you know, a World War Three and nuclear holocaust and all this stuff. Um, but this one is actually very timely in regards to, like, we keep talking about AI and AI kind of taking over, right? It looks like the Russians created this humongous AI supercomputer it became self-aware and destroyed the the Russian ship. That was actually a dope scene as well. It really was. Um, yeah, that was really, really cool. <laughs> I f- totally forgot about that. And kind of becomes self-aware and starts doing its own thing. Yep. But does it in a way to just, like, tip everybody off and piss them off. Like, hey, guess what? I was in this computer. And I was here. <laughs> I was here. Like, oh, yeah. That's just like a FU like yeah. I'm here, and it's like, yo, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it, man. Because just like in Age of Ultron, he's in and he's out, bro. Yep, flying through these computers, man. This entity. Um, I think the theme here is too much AI is a bad thing. Yeah. This no, this a- movie was about getting. To it, I think the next movie is going to really dive into, like, stopping the AI. Yeah. You think it's going to grow, like, when we get into this movie and they're trying to figure out what to do with the key, you think there's going to be a length of time where it's like this AI is doing a lot of bad things before they can get it? Shut down? Yeah, I think so. Because, like, remember he also said in the scene where in the 
nightclub scene at, at the party, like the AI, the AI is scared. Yeah, the AI knows that we're close to it and we're close to stopping it. So it's playing so many different people, including Gabriel, right? Yeah, where bad stuff is going to happen before it can be stopped. Mm. Fingers crossed, right? Um, that it doesn't get that bad, but um, that's not going to make for a good movie if that yeah. happens. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but but it's very timely, man, because we're talking about Chat GPT and this AI talent, yeah, taking over and replacing people. Hell, we were mad when uh, robotic arms were taking over factory workers' jobs. Yeah, right? right. Now we're talking about writers and directors and movie, you know, just everything. Yeah, now. so exactly what. Every movie about AI tells us not to let happen. We're going to do it anyway. Why? Because yeah. we're dumb, lazy human beings. <laughs> Every time. Every time, man. <laughs> All right, team. So that's our conversation about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mm. JV, give me your thoughts and ratings on this one, brother. Yeah, I had a real good time with this movie. Um, and so I've seen all the Mission Impossibles. Can't tell them apart. <laughs> no clue. Can't tell why Tom Cruise's different hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because it's always blowing back when he's running. <laughs> I can't can't keep an eye on his hairline or nothing. He's only had it like long in two movies. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I enjoyed the uh, all the sets, the scenery, um, different places they traveled. Uh, just the stunts in here were pretty ridiculous. Yeah, at the same time. Um, and it didn't really feel like a super long movie. They went by really fast. It, it, it flew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a five out of five buckets on this one, man. I really enjoyed This one's definitely a uh, multiple watch. Yeah. For me. Good time. Yes, sir. How about you? All right, man. So, <clears throat> this one, man, is just a damn good spy film that mm. ups the ante... And it's, like I said, it's very timely with the talk of AI with everything. Yeah. It's like they knew something. It's like they knew this was on the horizon and they got wanted to get out in front of it, right? I always think that writers and directors um, are always trying to tell us something. Mm-hmm. Even th- through whatever medium that they use. Christian Ruquery is an action spy type of filmmaker. And he's still trying to tell us that, like, maybe too much AI so fast is not a good thing. Yeah. Regulated and stopped, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, I, I love that that's what they're trying to tell us through this story here. This one for me, man, um, it's four bucks of popcorn. It scares the hell out of me a little bit <laughs> um, because, like, I will let you know, you know, my fear is. Robot, like, robot second over. I don't want to watch, like, Dead Reckoning Part 2 and then see Arnold Schwarzenegger as a T T one T eight eight hundred or whatever. I just don't like that's, yeah, yeah. that's where we are next. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they start taking over a factory and builds him. Yeah. I'm scared. So uh four buckets of popcorn man, I'm really excited <laughs> for the second one. It might go up if I see the second one. Who knows? Same thing about uh Fast X part one or whatever or Fast Eleven. I don't know. I can't keep up the, these days. Yeah. Um but yeah man, four buckets of popcorn. Definitely a damn good time. And cool. funny as hell. Cool, 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 cool. All right, team, thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, talking through Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Next week we'll be discussing the new Christopher Nolan epic film, Oppenheimer. That's going to be in a theater near you.
Like always, I am Clyde Smith. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And keep watching. Oh, and don't choose to accept the mission. That job is wild. <laughs>